Hello and welcome back to the Avi Om experience. We have a two-part special. It's kind of weird to call it a two-part special. A few months ago or a month ago, can you remember now, we had Courtney Kane at our studio and we did talks, we did recordings, she did some readings, and anyway, she just blessed us with her presence, her wisdom. And so what I decided to do was to sit down with her and AV and have a discussion about all kinds of things. And, and we almost feel like it, we didn't need to interview her because if you don't know her, you can check her out on Facebook. And, and you know, a lot of you already kind of know her and, and have embraced her wisdom. So what we're doing here is we're just having a discussion, a talk. And then I'm going to release a second part, which is the uh, it's, it's with a guest that we had here, Amy that she won the contest and I'll get more in detail with that. It's a 30 minute recording. We interviewed Amy who won a contest. She flew from Minnesota to stay with us here at the studio. She stayed with us a whole weekend. We took her out to eat. We had some great conversations and I'll be releasing that after this. And so without further ado, here is this week's podcast with myself, Aviana and Courtney Kane. Enjoy. Welcome all to the Aviom experience to those listening on the podcast. So first, I just want to go straight into this this week's podcast. And obviously, I do want to premise that this is going to sound a little bit different than the typical sound we have on our other podcasts. And this is actually part of what I want to talk about this evening of our portable setup, not necessarily a portable setup, but easy and that's something that I want to kind of delve into a little bit into this conversation. But before we go any further, of course, I'm here with my lovely heart, A.V. How you doing, love? I'm well. And uh, we have someone super awesome with us, so why don't you automatically just bring this person right on in? Hello, Courtney. Hello, A.V. and Christopher. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh! It you know what? Um, well, you you arrived today, which has been super awesome. So by the time this um, airs, we are on November first, uh, twenty eighteen, and um, we've been chilling all day. Well, not all day, but for a big part of the day. So you arrived, and then I flew into the correct airport. By the way, <laughs> yes. Let's clarify. Oh really? Yeah. You're going into the wrong one. You didn't hear the DC experience, Christopher. No, he doesn't. Does remember. he not? He doesn't follow us on social media. No, no, <laughs> I do not. I love that. Did you hear that gasp and that yeah. that chuckle? Yeah, I do not. Yeah. I don't. I don't follow many people at all. I follow AV. <laughs> well, then you would have saw it when I check in. <laughs> I you know that. what? That once every quarter. Yes. When you do that. Yes. So, I have a problem with social media, but I understand it's really good. I understand that. I think we all kind of have a love-hate sometimes relationship with it. But the gist of the story was that we were meeting in D.C. for an amazing um, experience with old Tony Robbins and um, our fave Gary V. And um, Aviana said, Courtney, fly into this airport. I will meet you there. We will go together and yada, yada, yada. And I said, that's perfect. Send me the, you know, the information. And I booked the trip 
and put that information for the airport in. And apparently did not, it just didn't end up happening. So was in a completely different airport when Aviana arrived at the other location. She'd been waiting on me for how long? Uh, it was just an hour. But, I, but, but just the thing, an hour. Just one, just one it was hour. Because we were going to Uber together. But, I, <laughs> but here's what's funny is that you gave me the airport to fly into. Because you, I did. Yeah, yes. You said fly into this airport. So I'm like, okay, I'll fly into this airport because I was going to stay with someone else. <laughs> and then you were coming. Yes. And then I'm like, well, um, we need to hang out because yeah. it just makes sense. Um, and so then I'm like, well, what airport are you flying into? And you said, and I Googled it. I mean, I did my research, let me tell you. So I Googled it and it said that the Ronald Reagan airport was the best in the, or the smallest and the easiest. And I said, that's the one. Yeah. And so in my search engine, whenever you're on Expedia or whatever I was on, something I should not be using anymore, but I put in the acronym for the airport or whatever you call it. And um, just assumed I didn't even think to double check it and ended up in a completely different airport. No idea until I was calling you saying, where are, um, I'm here. You said, I'm here. I'm standing at terminal three. Yeah. And I'm like, well, me or too. Baggage, baggage claim three. Yes. And I'm like, I don't see you. No, no. <laughs> so, so long story short, anyway, today when you picked me up at the airport, it was at the correct airport. Correct airport. So kudos for me. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. That's, long story. It's a, good, it's a good thing. It's a small airport. Easy. Too. Didn't you say the word easy, Christopher? Easier? That was not easy. Today was easy. Today was easy. That's, that's, a, that's a good thing. How are you doing, love? I'm good. The, uh, yeah. You know, the, so this is kind of what I wanted to talk about. I want to kind of get you guys' feedback on this. So as I mentioned in the beginning... This sounds a little bit different, you know, and, and those of you listening to this know I'm a kind of an audio snob. Kind totally. Of. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Well, because I, I like people to have a really good audio experience. And but you, so this is what I'm so downstairs. So we have a studio, you know, the little podcast studio. And it's, you know, we got great stuff here in the, in the studio. Sounds awesome. So we're using our portable setup. So this portable setup is obviously doesn't have the same things inside of it, but we can move with it. We can go to different locations, and we can do something like this. We're just all hanging out on a couch. We're just sitting back, having a great discussion. But I want to back up a little bit, because so we had Jim, who, who made the intro for us, the musical intro for the podcast. And it was, it was taking him some time to create the intro. As you know, because he wanted to do a really awesome thing to it, and he kept on saying, he kept on um, saying that um, I want to perfect it. And I remember him sharing that with Av, and Av was like, you know, and he goes, he waiting to make it perfect. And my thing was, um, I don't want perfect. I didn't ask for that. I want good enough. You know, I don't, because if I would have asked for perfect, I would have asked for perfect you know something to that regards. well what you said because well, i think this is important. i don't want perfect i want good enough no that's not what you said you said it's already perfect it's exactly how you did it right which to him it wasn't but you know it goes but so going back to that idea of you know deciding what's perfect for me is saying what's if it's good enough it's good enough again with the easy mantra and so I'm bringing this up only because this setup is easy. And it maybe doesn't sound the same, but what easy 
equals out to perhaps is consistency. So when you make something easy, you can be more consistent versus if you if you are with this idea of I want to perfect it, I, that means you're going to hold it, hold it, hold it. You may not be consistent. You might be consistent for two weeks and then you're not. And obviously, I'm just using a podcast for an example, but this can go across the board for, for anything. Perfection can probably lead to procrastination. Mm-hmm. Did you get, did you hear that? Sorry, that was a big, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a big, big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that we, well, first of all, we see it in so many of our clients. Um, and then, but second of all, I, I see it in myself constantly as well, is that we will, or I will come up with these great ideas. Christopher, we were just talking about a few projects that I'm currently working on. And you did bring up that word easy. And I do see that very often we get so sidetracked in trying to figure out what it looks like um, as the finished product and not necessarily right now. Like it's okay that we're all chilling on the couch right now and using these great microphones and all of this. And now Christopher, would you could listen to this probably and hear that it doesn't sound the way that it would necessarily in your studio, but we are sitting here in our pajamas yeah. Or in our whatever. I mean, it's it's so comfortable. It's so nice. And so this to me is something that 100% could be done so easily. And so I get that. I like how you just said that. If it had to be perfect, if we had to be uptight, sitting up in the space, holding that space time and time and time again, it's just so much more... Um, likely that we that you all would stick to this that we would all stick to it whatever that thing might be it can just the perfectionism can prolong actually what needs to take place and so then it creates more space and when we are holding on to things that are not necessarily inspiring us Mm -hmm. so if we're holding on to procrastination or the prolonging that can actually lead to suffering because we have all these beautiful ideas that we're not grasping or moving into because mm-hmm. of what if or what may be. And I will tell you, I'm just going to add my own little personal thing to this because um, usually you're the tech guy. You just say, okay, throw some headphones on. Here's your mic. You set it all up and then we record. Whereas there's a lot of things that I need to record on the back end that I, that, need to be done prior to you getting home from work or prior to you settling in that I could be doing throughout the day that I don't do because you're the person that sets it up. So maybe I get a hold of this little gadget right here. I'm like, wow, that was pretty, you know, that was pretty awesome that you're like, hey, maybe I could be doing some of this on my end too. I like that. Yeah. 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 Because it's um, because I wait for him to set it all up. I want to wait for Christopher to set it all up <laughs> all the way from Oklahoma. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting because as you were saying that, I want to say that. So there is a time and place and a space for perfection, quote unquote perfection. But then it, but that doesn't mean that that space is every space. And that some spaces can be um, good enough. And I'm just going to say, I'm just going to use that word, you know, just good enough instead of it is perfect. Because good enough 
in any moment can be perfect. But where did the word perfect, let me ask you, where did the word perfect go wrong? And why are we so fixed on that, on that word? And how did it like change its meaning? You, you just said the word, Christopher. And as soon as you said it in, in the way and in that question, in the way that you just said it or asked it, I immediately felt my body clench up, my throat tightened. Um, I quit breathing and I felt all the pressure to either perform or to get something done. And there are many things that I could attach to that list right now that I have not, that I have stopped doing because I wanted it to be perfect. So um, I'm almost trying to think back. Um, do you feel like each person has a time in their own life where that word shaped something new for them? Because when you just asked that, I felt like, I wonder when it was when I, like when I was a child or something, whenever I first heard that word and felt like I had to maybe rise to somebody else's expectations and not necessarily my own. When I think easy, it's already there for me. I have everything I need in the moment. And that word perfect is almost trying to um, meet somebody else's expectations. And I'm like, ooh, that's been happening for so long. I can think of almost being in the first grade and wanting to something, you know, doing some piece of art or, you know, piece of homework or something that I wanted to really, really excel at because I knew that I was going to either reap really great rewards for it um, and massive anxiety when I knew I might be falling short. So when you say that, or when you ask that question, my head immediately goes back to then. So I wonder if so, having so much, um, maybe even negative connotation with that word or that expectation to, um, I guess it's a fear of failure, really. If something's not perfect, we have a fear. I have a fear of failure, I guess, in that sense then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, no, and, and, and I think you're right. And it's, so I'm going to say that it probably, like, you don't ever hear, you never hear the word perfect in that sense. But what happens is it's, it's the idea of along the lines that we're not good enough. And then, so when that is what's instilled in us, we're not good enough. And then out of not being good enough, then we just automatically add then I need to be perfect. Because, you know, I think most of our problems, and I said this before, and I truly do feel this, is that, you know, you know, and I always say this, pick this crazy numbers, but, you know, I believe 80% of our problems comes from the fact that we don't feel that we're good enough. Mm. And that if we did, if we knew that, if we, if we knew I am good enough, 80% of our issues would just vanish, go, just go away. What do you think? Um, perfection to me is an expectation out of something that will not necessarily ever be accomplished. Meaning that it's almost like setting yourself up for failure um, or comparing or an ideal that is so far away that you could never reach. And as I'm hearing the both of you talk, I keep on going back to um, my strategy session with Gary. And one of the things that he said was, um, um, don't say no for other people. I've heard him say that. Yeah. Yeah. And so what that means is, is that, um, so I was attributing it to it. Don't say no 
to yourself, to the higher self before even starting. So what happens is the mind keeps going. So we'll use the word perfection. Um, So the mind says, oh, here's this idea or here's this you know, creative avenue or here's this project or whatever it is. And then the mind automatically starts going, no, 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 no. And, or I can't do this, or I don't have this resource, or I, you know, now is not the right time, but yet we still keep spinning our wheels. So we're actually saying no to the universe just because it should be in essence perfect. So then we don't even get started. So in essence, we're we're saying we're saying no to ourselves before we even get started, which is F E A R, right? So yeah, so it's just a matter of then cycling back into the old paradigm where we keep on spinning our wheels and getting absolutely nowhere. For me, when you just said that too, um, it goes back to even when you asked the question, Chris. Um, and I felt what what that energy does in my body immediately. Again, I tense up, my throat closes. It makes me want to quit speaking, quit talking, quit sharing. And so, what now? Just even having the conversation or the awareness now um, makes me uh, never want to use that word ever again. Okay, and and take it back to easy. I don't know that I'll ever say perfect ever again. That was the last time right there. Um, Because I don't want that energy and even just energetically when I feel that we are inviting it in. So it is something that I do think that maybe we do have, of course, letting go of anything that gives us that kind of a a pool energetically um, is good working through it. But it's with the awareness that we can do that. Because perfection is really just an opinion. And yes, and I, you know, me, I 100% agree with that because there's, you know, again, and, and my example for that is always with movies. You know, I, you know, I love The Matrix. AV does not. To me, it's the most, no, to me, it's the perfect movie. To her, it's not. And so, but we're watching the same movie, same people in it, same dialogue. And how is it I can come out of this movie and say it's perfect? And AV says it's not. And in that moment, it's like, oh, whoa. It's an opinion. Mm. And, um, and I think that's what got, you know, kind of lost in, in the text. And so we start with the comparisons. You know, we start with, you know, these holy scriptures that's, that automatically says, nope, you're not perfect. There's only one perfect being, and that's the big dude. And you're not the big dude, so guess what? You're not perfect. And then it just, you know, it buries into our cup so conscious that we're not at that level. But yet inside there's a knowing that we are perfect as is but yet we don't we're, but now we're physically trying to become that reflection and so it's just a constant you know trying to be that physically and and there's no there's 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 no set point there's no point there's, there's just path it just keeps on going but really the reason why we were talking about this perfect and it's all this all this other sense is dialing it back it goes back to the ideas what we started this conversation with which is easy you know, because, you know, what, what comes easy is, is completely different than what perfection may look like in the outset. Because, you know, like you're saying, Gary Vee said, you can't, don't talk for others. I don't know what perfection is for others. So if I bring, say, if I bring, you know, 70% to something or 80% to something to someone else, that might be 100% perfection to them. You know, so who am I to judge their 
idea of perfection. So for me to get it to 100%, thinking, okay, I got it to 100, so that means for them it's 100. Well, that's not the case. I can probably just bring something to 60% quote-unquote perfection, and for that person that might be 100%. That makes me, and this, to when you say that, and I'm thinking of um, an editor who had helped with an old book that had been published, published that um, I had done. She was telling me it was this was four years ago. Well, four and a half years ago, I was pregnant with Anderson, and so she said, "Hey, when are you going to do the next thing? We, I'd love to see something from you, whatever." And I was like, "I am." having a baby this is my project not happening right now and um she said Courtney it's fast you can do it really easy you know you've you're doing what you're doing um and you if you go back to bare bones bare basics walk into even if you take it back to just the painting part of what you do you walking into a store which paint do I pick up which brush do I pick up? Do I pick up a brush? Do I use my fingers? She said, go back to bare bones and basics and share from that experience. So when you just said that, it really brought me back to what she said. What we find as almost um, so easy and common knowledge, right? Um, some other person might be having an epiphany with that information or learning something. And so, yes, why? it's almost a judging then, um, of their capacity of the information or even on ourselves that we don't even just in our own knowing that it's almost, um, too easy to share. Does that make sense? It's interesting. So (laughs) I love these little dialogues because I'm having like all these little poof, poof visions come in Two poof, poof visions came in. Um, so, um, Tuesday night we had, our Halloween venture here. And it goes back to this conversation, but it also goes, comes back to where I'm going is other people's reality, which goes into where perfection sits or where perfection doesn't sit. It's uh, it's an opinion, but even taking it further, it's also dependent on other people's reality of what that is. So um, Halloween trick-or-treat, parents and children coming in, um, you would think that the kids would be taking handfuls. Um, not the case. It was apparent. Um, we had three bowls of candy. Um, we had poof, a ton of people come through and the adult comes in and takes three handfuls out of each bucket. And I'm looking and the, there was another parent and kids behind her and we looked at each other and we're like wow like um so it was into i didn't say anything you know obviously she must have needed candy um for whatever reason or maybe she's in maybe that's her dinner could be um so but it, it was one of those things like wow you know you're the adult here you would think that she would be just picking one but she was handfuling um so um that that that's interesting the uh, another energy of you know um perception or you know opinions um the other one was um i was in the store today i had to run an errand and um <laughs> um i was waiting in line 
uh, and uh, for to check out. And there was a woman um, who um, she wasn't behind me, but she was maneuvering to the next aisle, the next checkout station. And when she maneuvered to the next checkout station, um, there were like these two end caps there and I was stuck. I was in the middle. Now there was plenty of room behind me for her cart to go. Uh, er everything, everything was fine. Um, she runs into the back of me and, um, and kept going like, I mean, she hits my bottom, um, and keeps going. I mean, it wasn't just a graze. It was, she, she shook you. She ran into me and I'm like, excuse me. And she just kept on going. Like it wasn't, excuse me. It wasn't, can you please move out of the way? There was more than enough room, but she just runs into me and I, <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on? Like, like, what was that? Like, did you not see me standing there? Um, you know, what is that? But clearly in her reality, running into someone and not saying, excuse me, was fine. It was completely fine for her. But in my reality, you know, um, I was kind of like, oh, well, that was kind of rude. It would have been different if she didn't see me, but she ran right into me. Um, and clearly if you're driving a cart and you run into someone, um, and it was to the, my back end. It wasn't even to my cart. It was to my physical body. And so I'm just like, oh, like this. are we that far as humans operating on different spectrums where there's just a sense of um non-compassion versus um compassion or it was just very interesting so i it goes back to well what is her reality you know with this um versus what is cuz i clearly wouldn't run into someone and if i did i would be incredibly apologetic you know i'm so sorry that i ran into you i didn't see you or whatever but even when I said, excuse me, she still just looked at me and just kept on walking. So I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, and, and just completely went on about her day, not even probably thinking, not having a conversation like you are right now with us. No. Yeah. Unaware. Yeah. So it's very interesting, the, the, um, her perfection her perfection, her reality. This is what, that's what love looks like for her. Running into it. Running into it. Steamrolling right? it. Right. Of all people, me. You know, me me just going, oh, excuse me. You know, it, maybe if that would have been someone else of that awareness, it could have been a fight or a brawl or yelling and screaming. And I'm just like, excuse me. <laughs> have a good day. <laughs> Right. And, 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 you know, I, 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 you know, it's interesting when you say that, when you're talking about different people's realities, because it's not until you're pulled into their reality that we then come to understand their, their world, so to speak. The best example I can give is, I, um, and I heard this story, and I've heard other people say the story before, don't remember where, where a dad, two kids in the airport, 
and dad and the two kids are just out of control. I mean, the two kids are just jumping around and they're just causing grief and and the dad is just sitting down and he's just kind of like spacing out or whatever and doesn't really care what's going on, whatever. And people are starting to get annoyed. You know, these kids are like really being annoying. So one guy gets up and he says, okay, enough. And he goes to the dude and he says, hey, hey, you know, can you control your kids? And he kind of, you know, comes to and says, oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says, can you control your kids? They're, they're out of control. And he's looking at, you know, and he's looking at this person and he's saying, yeah, 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 yeah. He goes, I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm just trying to figure out how to tell them that their mom just died an hour ago in the hospital. And so that right there automatically just completely, if that doesn't give you the chills, completely just shifts your reality of you've got two kids acting like a, you know, and then you're pulled into their reality. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, oh. Yeah, they're not so bothersome anymore, are they? Right. And so I, so I, and that's the thing about people's realities, whether, you know, we can come in and out of this conversation of the word perfection and we don't have to keep on hitting this word, you know, throughout this conversation. And we can shift it to the pe- someone's realities. And it's just the realities of people is so interesting to me, which is, goes back to the, the, the theory that there's nothing is real because everybody's reality is different. So what determines what is real? And it's basically the small things that we can agree on because even we can, we can sit here and say, yes, we agree, we agree, we agree. But for everything we agree on, there will be over a thousand things we disagree on. Mm-hmm. And so then what is, what is reality? You know, what is the, what is the, the truth or the truths that we give what we deem real. You know, what may be rude to one person, you know, may not may not be to someone else. Well, that's why I just said, excuse me. I mean, I, I almost took the energy of I hit her or I was in her way versus, you know, um, she was <laughs> running into me. So, um, it was, it's just, there's just a lot of that been going on. You know, I, I, um, coming out of that parking lot, I was at a stoplight and crossing into the, into, across the street into another parking lot and I had the green light. Now people, you know, this, this is driving 101, you know, the people that are going straight have the right of way. People who are turning have to wait for the people going straight, go straight first um, I went straight and yet I was flipped off and honked at because I went before they did. Well, I have the right of way. You know, it's just like, what is going, there's a, there's almost, it seems like a sense of, as the observer, a sense of, um, entitlement that, that people are, I don't, I don't have to follow the rules. Um, I, I'm in a place of non-perfection or misery or suffering so therefore i'm deemed the energy of i can do whatever i want and but in their reality reality. you're wrong correct right Right. and in your reality they're wrong well this was just driving 101 this was the the law right just the the law 
you know, but but who follows the law, right? But the law is based on another reality. Yes. And granted, we, again, there's things we'll agree with on that. Most people do, you know, stop at red and go on green type of deal. Not everyone follows that right. either. But there's there's certain things. And I think that's the thing. The distortion of people's reality is really surfacing to the top. We're starting to see it. It's becoming, like you, you was talking earlier when we were eating, uh, transparency. People's distorted reality is rising to the surface, is becoming transparent, and it's easy. It's being exposed. It's easy, easy to be exposed. And obviously, I'm sitting here with two intuitives. So let me ask you this, and, and I'll ask both of you guys this. The fact that what I just said, it's, it's rising, transparency is rising. Is it becoming easier, and I'm loosely using this word, and um, Avi, I'll start with you. Is it easier to do readings with with the fact that transparency, things rising to the top? And and what I mean by easier is that, is it like, I mean, is it, uh, I'm just going to use the word easier. Is it just easier to do readings based on the fact that there's so much information that is in front of you versus before you would maybe have to go deeper to find these transparencies and, and things like that. Does that even make sense? For me, in the sessions that I'm seeing, no, it's actually harder. Um, even though transparency is rising, the ego is resisting. So therefore, even though it's black and white neon signs in their face, they're still not choosing to see it. Therefore, they have to go to a deeper level of hitting what we call rock bottom. Uh, therefore, suffering gets grander, and then um, they, they choose more pain. And so um, people are hanging on longer, and they're getting more tired. So it's easier to see. But I guess that's the question. It's easier to see it, but the execution is becoming harder. Um, a very common thing between us is where one of us says something and the other says, I agree, or amen, or ditto. And so I'm going to say ditto. Um, you said um, something about the pain, the suffering of the pain. And what I'm finding is that people are holding on to it in such fear of letting go of whatever that might be, the relationship that's not working out, um, where we knew it wasn't working out before we went into it or a month after or the 12th year and we're still holding on to it. Um, I'm all for working through relationships and getting into really amazing work. But if two people aren't working through it, um, you've, uh, it's got to be a team thing. I really do feel that way. But I'm seeing people holding on and gripping with their fingernails at this this um, thing, job, relationship, um, anger that what they thought that they wanted in this life is not here right now, whatever that is. I'm seeing um, a lot of frustration at the moment. And what they're not realizing is that they're the ones with the grip. So <sighs> taking that breath and doing what, what seems so easy, which is what I see the most eye rolls on is the meditate prescription. And going within and documenting, documenting your own experience. Um, 
going with it and learning more about yourself, whether that's through therapy, sessions with us, listen, if you're having sessions, execute the information that's coming through. Um, and that's the thing I'm seeing is people are wanting it. They're loving their sessions. They're, they're loving almost being called out. However, they want um, somebody else to do it for them. Yeah, they don't want to. They don't want to necessarily do the hard work. Right. And Which I understand. Yeah, who, I who wants to do it? Yeah, not me, um, but, but we do. they also have to remember that their soul called them into that session with us. And so the the information that they resonate with, yes, 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 yes. But then there's no follow-up on the back end. Or there's a follow-up for three days, and then it goes right back to normal. Or it goes back, I should say, goes back to what's familiar to them, which is the non-execution. Yep. Growth feels uncomfortable. When we are growing as a child in our pants, when we're getting taller, which is a natural, wonderful thing, we if we wear the same size 2T toddler kid there it's gonna hurt if you need a 40 you, you, you might need to up your your pant size you've got to grow and um it, it it just it's not always comfortable and so I think that um for me I smile and I take a breath even when I say it but when things start to get uncomfortable I know I'm growing and it's getting ready to get really really good and I know that because it's me. And I know that if anything in my life, my life is good. And I'm the the creator of that. Um, and that doesn't mean it's always pretty. It doesn't mean it's always easy, but it means it's going to get really, really good. So um, I think when you have that, and that's not ego, that's love, and that's open heart, trusting the process, trusting the process, and trusting that I'm doing the work and putting the time in. And that it's trusting that when I'm not and I'm exhausted and I'm and I am feeling irritated or whatever, I stop, I have that awareness and I sit and I meditate at, at those moments. I don't just wait and complain about it or get upset because, you know, the relationship that's popping up looks like the 14 others that were there before. You you do something different. You choose something different. You set new parameters and guidelines for yourself. And sometimes that's doing the easy thing and stopping letting go and not having to control or reach that perfection, whatever that might look like. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a big one. So then why is it that, and I I read this today. It wasn't today. I don't know if I read it. Uh, Well, I I read, it might've been today, yesterday. It doesn't matter. And it had dealt with the idea of suffering. You guys brought, brought, brought that up. And it was that everything we do more or less, I'm kind of someone who's Everything we do is to, not escape, but everything we do is to heal the suffering. Every single thing we do is to heal the suffering, whether it be meditation, getting a better job. Drinking. Drinking. Alcoholism. Everything we do. And I never thought about it like that, like, you know, brushing your teeth, just even the most basic things, eating. Um, Everything we're doing is subconsciously is being driven by the will to not endure suffering. Even this podcast. I haven't figured that part out yet. Like, how is it not? <laughs> We're doing it. So, well, you know what's the greatest thing about even when I, whenever I do a kind of like a workshop kind of thing, is that I go over the material a lot only to deliver the, you know, to, to deliver an optimal, 
optimal message. And a podcast is the same because, you know, we're talking, I'm listening to it. Then I'll go and I'll edit it and I listen to it again. And then before I release it, I'll listen to it one more time. So I'm grasping all this information so much that I'm, I'm so I'm teaching, I'm well, teaching the fact is I'm learning um, what I'm wanting to teach by listening to these conversations multiple times. Mm-hmm. So for one time person listens to it, I'm listening to it three or four times and I'm learning a lot uh, from it. But yeah, but suffering is a very interesting concept when it comes to um, escaping it. And I know both of you guys brought it up. So, Juan, let me ask you this, though. When someone comes to you with this idea of suffering, you know, how do you navigate someone out of that? Other than the tools of, you know, meditation and writing and stuff like that. How, how do you then navigate it, you know, with linguistically? How do you navigate someone out of that um, I, The key to me is that I'm actually, uh, they're navigating themselves out of that suffering. I'm simply um, the mirror holding up what's actually happening within them. So um, I, I work on being very, um, you've, we've said the word transparent, open with the information that's coming through, very clear, very direct, and with a very loving approach, by the way. Um, and that's how I feel like I help guide them is we connect to their own guides and angels. We see what comes through and they, I do feel like many, so many of the clients are progressing. So I know that if my clients are coming to me, they want to hear the truth. They're not coming for me to pet them per se. And I think that our clients, and I think Aviana, you would agree the clients that are repeatedly coming and that are repeatedly doing the work that their guides and angels are prompting them to do that we are seeing massive change in their lives um and that really goes that that they're the ones pulling themselves out of that suffering then we're we're simply with our work just the mirrors that they're able to see themselves holding the space holding the holding the space holding an accountability you know one of the things that um i attribute it to is like even just going to the gym you know um you know you can work out on your home or you can get a membership and go to the gym for me I have to take it outside the house because that's just how I'm wired so I feel that with the people that come and see us it's like they're going to the conscious gym you know they're they're going to they're going to a place of accountability so you know scheduling a session or making a session with us an appointment with us is a feat in itself meaning that Um, it's not just going on a computer and scheduling a session. It's like, what are they going to say? Where's the accountability? What if they say something bad? What if they say something good? What if something doesn't happen? Like all those thoughts go through every single person's experience. And, um, so it's not just, oh, just let me have a session with Aviana or Courtney. It's like, they have to mentally on a soul level um, come into that space to want to have that experience. So then just by that happening, they're already ready on some level. They're here. They're here. They're ready to hear it. Yeah. So, yeah. You you know, and, and that's a perfect way to segue this into the idea of this is why it's so important to make it easier for them. You know, whether it be like you said, and the example I'm going to take is one that you was just talking about, someone scheduling something, you know, that it takes a thought process, it takes the commitment, the will, 
and then on top of that, you know, then it takes, you know, moving your fingers, you know, to put in the information. Is the computer powered or is it going to turn off halfway? The phone I'm using, is it easier? Is it easy to schedule an appointment on the phone or do I have to scroll and zoom and zoom in and zoom out and stuff like that? So the concept of easy is not necessarily for you, even though it kind of is, but the concept of easy is for them, is for someone else outside of you. So making it easy, so you say, well, you make it easier for them, but you're making it harder for yourself. Well, no, because making it easier for you, then you know then how to create that, I guess. I don't know where, where I'm going with this in that way, but I, I think the concept is, you know, like you're saying is, how, do, how then do I make it easier for someone who may have this confrontation of, you know, scheduling an appointment, going to their conscious gym or to their gym of remembering who they are and then making it easier for them to come in, kind of like almost you're picking them up, you're Ubering them into, into your consciousness, you know, into, so that then you can drive them around your awareness they can say, oh, this place is familiar because we all share that common thing. You know, you take your Instagram photos of memories of awareness and then you're posting them into your awareness and then you're going with it and you're saying, yes, I am good enough. I remember this. And then you're liking and you're like hearting and you're loving your own Instagram internal conscious memory spiritual photos. Something like that. I'm like, we should all, I don't know where, I'm like sitting here thinking of Instagram now. We should all be loving ourselves enough to go love our own Instagram photos. When you right. just said that, it just caught me. I did that. You just say, and that just really hit home for me. I'm like, we should love ourselves. Like we love everybody else's images. Yeah. Is that not a thing? Because I typically, I do that to my stuff. Oh, you do? Yeah. Well, I'll, it's I'll, a I'll thing like, now. Yeah, I would like, I like my stuff. I, I was, I, yeah, I don't do it a lot. Because I don't post a lot, but when I do, I yeah, I like my own stuff. Um, why, why, why I'm you? liking my own stuff today. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney likes all of her own stuff. Yes, she does. Um, yeah, I do. I, I get. I get that. I get. Um, I am seeing. Going back to even the easy conversation too, I am seeing that clients are wanting. Um, I think they're wanting to get it easier. I think they're making a lot things a lot harder yes. when they don't listen and not even just to us, but their own intuition. Right. You know, they're not really paying attention sometimes and taking that step back, um, knowing that this, the relationship doesn't have to be perfect. The moment doesn't have to be perfect. First of all, I'm listening to this one and what I'm saying right now, I'm practicing or will be practicing what I'm preaching. Um, but taking that moment to to take a step back and um, just know that, first of all, it doesn't all have to be figured out right now. So in that way, it can be, we can all take the, you know, the easy pill. And But so I want to ask that too, because in a way, see, that can also be a, a downfall. I don't want to say a downfall. But you see, this, that's the other side of the word easy, is then you said it, you know, clients perhaps will say something like, I thought this was supposed to be easy. And so easy has like that double-edged sword that if it's not easy, if they're not healed in, you know, in, in 10 minutes or in one session, then what's wrong? You know, you, I thought this was supposed to be easy. 
And so easy can kind of go both ways. You know what I'm saying? Well, easy goes both ways only if there's attachment to a specified outcome. So if they're, if they're attached to, you know, they're attached to, um, the ease of resistance, um, meaning that it's just, if it's not easy, then therefore they don't move through the resistance. Can I ask you a question, Aviana? You so what do you find that your clients are the most um or what do you see as the when a client's having an attachment to an outcome, what is the topic? Relationship. It, okay. That's yeah, 100% on my end too. I was curious if yours was the same way. Yeah. yeah. And can I ask you if it's more and I I already know the answer, more male or female? The females have the attachment. Yeah, 100%. Why is that? Why do females have the attachment? It, my my theory, my opinion is, is because they're looking at their partner from an energetic space versus where they're choosing, where that their partner is choosing to operate. So they're looking at the potentiality of them and, and, and... <laughs> And <laughs> they're looking at the potentiality and the fact that they'll let them down if they leave or that there will be judgment as well as they don't want anyone else to have them, even though it's not working. Well, why, so why is that? That's their own lack. Well, and that's ego, too. He, he's mine. Yes. Um, or I've we've come this far. Yes. Um not wanting to let go of that also almost the fear that they're almost not deserving for something new and that's their normal that's their familiar they've been suffering through it forever years so heaven forbid if they have something that's actually positive yeah and we've talked about that too that most people uh you know the the what's unfamiliar we don't tend to to do that because we don't like that even even if the unfamiliar is a healthier relationship because what's familiar is an unhealthy relationship so we'd rather stay with the unhealthy relationship like you're saying because it's familiar i just had a client um in a few weeks ago and um she is aware um typically what what do you mean by she is aware she knows the difference between a high vibration and a low vibration. However, her typical choices in partners are lower vibration. Um, the uh, <laughs> the ones that are not faithful, um, the ones that um, are get get into trouble. Um, I'm not saying that that's bad, but it's just, you know, people who get into trouble a lot or people who are in promiscuous relationships, there's, there's, um, there's, there's a lack there as on a core level because they're seeking something. So, um, so she met someone who's aware um, and I told her, um, this person is not like any person she's ever went out with. And I said, um, I said, because <laughs> this relationship feels really good. I said, 
hang on even though in a couple of weeks your mind's going to tell you you're going to be bored. Amen. <laughs> and she started laughing and she goes, you know, I get bored really easily. And I'm like, you get bored when it's the relationship is easy and effortless, when you don't have to work at it. Get excited about that. Yes. Yeah. And so you and I, Chris, you and I have had that conversation, this conversation, you know, we don't feel a relationship needs to be worked at. And we're taught and we live in a world that is, well, it's work. It's work. And um, I'm like, no, it's not. My relationships in the past used to be work. Uh, However, those clearly were not the right relationships so that's but working at a relationship is a lot of people's reality it's not mine so it's you know and it's and one thing though when you said this earlier and i want to bring just extract that point where you know you said this person is aware you know the vi- vibration i think the way you did it higher and lower vibration and i would almost i would almost say that her awareness is not uh, it doesn't go vertical, like higher, lower. I think it goes more like horizontal, meaning that it goes from side to side, like blue, light blue, sky blue, baby blue. You know, they're hues. So she's aware that there's multiple hues, multiple vibrations, but they're all in the same family. They're all linear. He's talking color. He's <laughs> talking my my language. Yeah. I like that. Yes. Yeah. It's like the same. Well, I'm thinking. It's they're, saying, like they're the same shades. The same shades. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so now someone. You see the different degrees. Right. Yes. The energy. And so mm-hmm. now someone comes in who's brown or green or, or orange. And all of a sudden it's like, okay. I can see you now. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Like what's going on? I'm not familiar with this hue. What is this? And I think this is where you're picking up and you're saying, hold on, you know, you're going to get bored because you can't mix, you know, this blue sky blue hue with this new color you have. And so you're going to have to learn how to kind of work with this color because it's a whole new thing. But imagine all these new paintings you can create. When you have a new paint. A a new. A new palette. A new palette. palette. Right. Yeah. No, I love that. I think that's great. I think that... um, um, I understand exactly what you're talking about, Aviana, when you say that she, that, you know, that many women, um, specifically, I think women look at their partners with that potential um, of growth for them. We see not where they are, but, but what, oh my gosh, there's, you know, they could be this or whatever. And we operate as if they're there. So say somebody is a blue hue, we're saying, oh my gosh, but he could be the grandest of blue, (laughs) but he's really just sea foam, (laughs) almost blue, but not really blue. He's a dingy blue. He's a, yeah, he's a little stonewashed blue, but, um, which, well, I might like, I might like all colors, but yeah, but, um, but no, I do, I I get it, and I do think that that is what ha- is happening when when many are waking up, is that they're able to see um, the energetic process that they're in in the moment. So she's seeing that this guy is not the color of person that all of the other blues were, and this person is, you know, is green. Okay, and so now I've been used to this, and there's probably an excitement with the blue because. 
because there's an unknowing and ooh, he's picking me, he's picking me. It's not there's a there's a high a person is getting with that energy. And so it's really kind of an addiction to the up and down, up and down yo yo of the past relationships. And so um, it sounds to me like, yeah, you're you were that was good information. Just breathe. Don't get bored. Don't Just get breathe bored. through the board. Just no action taken. Yes. At that time. Yes. She will look to love oh. that stability. Yes. And knowing that he would be like right there by her side. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, and I can I can speak from my own experience because that was me. You know, um, and I think that that's one of the beautiful things that the more the more experiences you move through, the more you can help other people once you move through them and get on the other side. Um, I've been in a series of relationships where you see the potentiality, but they're not choosing to experience that. And therefore it becomes work and effort and resistance and it becomes exhausting and painful. painful. Mm -hmm. And because you see what could be available, not from a judgment perspective, but you I think it's from a hope. It's from it is from a hope. And and then you put your life on hold based on someone else's hope or your hope for them that never happens. And then you feel a guilt and responsibility that you need to hang in there because it may happen because you see this glimpse that's energetic that's not even in this reality. That's never going to happen. Let go. That's great. And actually, that's a great uh, pausing and break that we're going to be doing. So for those of you listening to the Avion Experience podcast, I want to let you know that, you know, we're going to be having, uh, we're going to be chopping this, uh, not this conversation, but we've got a, an amazing weekend plan. We're going to be doing a lot of portable recordings this weekend. And actually, I just might cut a lot of these up into these podcasts coming up with the portable setup. And I know we're going to, talk a little bit more with you going a little bit more with you during this weekend and so and, and you know as we're doing the podcast and recording it we'll let you know what events we're doing because I'm not sure which ones we'll be recording and I try to get them quite a few of them but so for those listening well we just give some last words uh, at least for this one relax breathe love and honor your reality ditto ditto